so now it's a matter of us pulling it all together to light the whole joint and, and putting on what I think will be a brilliant showcase for the sport. Yeah, we'll be honest with ourselves next week, as usual, and say, OK, it's a stonking result, but what could we have done better? Finding that passion for racing again. You know, stop looking at it like my job and, and go back to just doing it because I love racing cars and I love competing and that's really what's changed this year. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. As we get ready for another big weekend of motorsport in Tasmania. Craig, it's been uh, an interesting build-up to this event. Yes, plenty to talk about in regards to the build-up and fascinating to see how quickly supercars have moved. Um, you may remember it was only just the last two years that they completely rewrote the rule book so that they could get rid of all the rules that came in to adjust a rule that needed to fix another rule. Aren't we already trying to do that again? Is the is the new rule book already sullied just two or three races in? Well, it certainly seems that way, uh, as they've now introduced for the first time in 20-something years in the category a centre of gravity rule. Um, with adjustments being made to the Mustang, which to uh, a, pe- a few people's uh, chagrin, particularly those who wear red, that the Mustang's been too fast. Six w- races, six poles, and uh, they're having to carry, I understand, an additional 30 kilograms in their roll cage. So that's up high weight, not down low. Whereas ZB have merely had to put in something like 7 kilograms up high. Quite a change there, uh, forcing on the teams, Craig. Yes, and no one is happy about it. Everyone's been baselined to the Ultima, which is the oldest car in the field, and uh, I think there is a lot of head-scratching going on about how this could have happened so quickly. Um, Perhaps it's reaction to the fact that the Fords and the Ultimas got composite panels after the first race of the ZB last year. It all comes down to the fact that we've got very smart engineers and we've got rule books that have to keep up. And Smokey Unit is always the reference I go to in these situations. Smokey said, the rule book is the starting point. What's not written yep, is, where you, uh, is where you work. It's a fascinating thing, but uh, obviously the teams have uh, had to uh, get on to prepping their cars after the Grand Prix as well as preparing the new cars. And, of course, this weekend we're back up to 25. Alas, Smith & Jones. Brad Jones is back up to being a four-car team. Or maybe back up to... I don't ever remember them being a four-car team. Were Mm. they? No, not from my memory, no. Might have been. Well, they had Macca running some... uh, They had Macca running some uh, wild wild cards. cards over the course, so I'm sure you could class that as four cars again. Yeah. Uh, so Jack Smith, who's just won the New Zealand V8 Series, is a young chap who's uh, impressed mightily, and he's coming in for his first run in the main game. And terrific to see. And obviously the money's been obtained, and uh, Brad and Kim will be very pleased to have a young man out there beside their own young fella in uh, Macaulay Jones. Let's hope he has some better luck this weekend coming up. Mm. Um uh, we're getting ready for a time when uh, we may be going back to the old two-car race again uh, next year, Craig. It's, yeah, it's, it's, we'll see how everything plays out, but what we are going to see at this year's event is 
a very high percentage chance that we will have a new winner. And I say that because there's six drivers in the field, Tony, at Simmons Plains that have won a Simmons Plains race before. Now, there, there is... Uh, that's amazing stat considering there's only 24 or 25 cars in the field to start with. Now, the other thing is the last time that Tickford won a race at Simmons Plains... The driver was Alan Jones, and the team was actually called Glen Seaton Racing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is last century. Last century. Well, it's, uh, the other thing that could well change this year is that Simona Di Silvestro is at the end this year of her three-year contract. First of all, a contract with Kelly Racing, and also, of course, with um, Harvey Normans. It's been... Uh, not tremendously successful, I think, on track, but certainly uh, both parties would appear well pleased with what's been going on in terms of uh, the brand. So we uh, were very pleased, well, I was certainly pleased, Craig, to uh, finally get her and have a chance to talk to her about her time in Australia. She's uh, got an interesting history, um, certainly uh, has done plenty overseas, both in America and in Europe. Uh, so Sylvester, Simona de Silvestro is our first interview this week, um, and uh, it was a fascinating uh, insight into the world of a, a Swiss miss who has enjoyed racing in this country enormously. Also this week's show, we've uh, been able to corner Ty Anderson, who's a Motec uh, engineer, certainly a very smart man. I've known him for maybe close to 20 years. He's worked in Formula One, spent many years with Walkinshaws, and he's now with Motec, and we got around to asking him about uh, the new Motec management system this year. So after the break, we'll be with Simona Di Silvestro. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck. For Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Penske. And you're on Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm here with Simona Di Silvestro in the number 78 Harvey Norman Nissan Altima, your third Grand Prix. We're halfway through it. Um, so you've been in a few Grand Prix in your life, only three of them driving a touring car. It's a different world. So what are you thinking of it so far? Yeah, it's, uh, well, I, I've never done an F1 Grand Prix or anything like that, but uh, yeah, definitely in Indy cars or anything like that, it's it's quite cool for me. It's cool to come here because we're um, more of a. It's definitely more of a European track feel a little bit, and uh, I think you know the Australian Grand Prix is quite special. As a kid, I always used to watch it um, uh, with my dad. We used to get up in Switzerland at like six a.m. to watch it. So it's um, it's cool to be racing here with uh, with supercars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you obviously would know many people in Formula One. Yeah, 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 a little bit, yeah. Catch up with friends when they come down. Well, over. there's definitely more people that I know coming to my garage when <laughs> we're we're here during the Grand Prix, which uh, 
definitely because a bit more European uh, flair and uh, and uh, uh, so yeah, definitely a bit more more people uh, coming over there to to watch me uh, race here. Now, as you'd be aware, there have been a, a few foreigners before you. Max Wilson, of course, is one of them, <laughs> Brazilian, um, and then heaps of New Zealanders. Um, also, Alice Premet, and who else has there been? Um, oh, drove Erebus. I can't think of his name now. Oh, Maro. Yeah, Maro yes, Engel. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. lovely, lovely man. I often used to say about Maro that he could teach most Australian drivers how to speak English because <laughs> um, he has a wonderful, yeah. very little accent <laughs> and has a wonderful speaking voice and a great command of mm-hmm. language. Um, I mean, you obviously grew up in a non-English speaking environment but picked up English along the way. Yeah. And that's the least of your problems. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to learn Australian. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. You know, I spent a lot of time in America and I think that's where... I really learned my English and, uh, and yeah, trying to learn a few Australian words here and there. Okay. <laughs> now, there are very few of the foreigners who've come here and raced have been fortunate to get a three-year contract. Now, obviously, the second year was vital for you in terms of learning the tracks. Um, now, you know, in your third year now, I mean, are you feeling at comfort? comfortable with it all now yeah I, I think uh, I think my driving is is pretty good you know I and uh, I think I'm there I understand how the supercar is supposed to be and um, I think that's making a little bit of difference for sure I think the first year is quite tough when you're not from here because you really don't know the cars you know the a supercar is completely different to anything you would ever drive anywhere else and uh, yeah being foreigner you don't have the luxury of being in a super two before you know even rookies like uh, Gary who are coming in have been doing it for five six years so they know how these cars work and uh, I think that makes it quite tough on us but yeah for me definitely you know I I needed to have that time to to really develop as a driver and I think that was really important and I was really lucky to to have this you know and uh, to have people believe in me to to make it happen like Harvey Norman and uh and yeah, so we're on the journey together, and uh, hopefully the journey will go on for a long time. Yeah, indeed. Now, two years in a row at Newcastle, you've put your face well and truly. <laughs> um, and I mean, you, you know, terrific driving. You, you made passes that other people feared to mm-hmm. and made a mistake. Um, what was it about that track that does something for you? you yeah, I don't know. It's um, you know, I think the big thing. It's a new track, so nobody has a experience really right. on it. And uh, uh, I don't know. It seems to kind of suit my style a little bit. I think it suits our cars as well. So um, yeah, it seems like every time we go there, and the atmosphere is cool. Like it's a cool event to go to, and uh, I just really enjoy it. And and the track itself, I think, is quite amazing because it's uh, I think the only street track that has elevation. Which uh, make it uh, makes it really special, and I think that's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it is the only street mm-hmm. track we go to that has that. Um, I, I can't remember if Townsville was somewhere that you've particularly shone at as well. Though. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. It's a little bit different, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 not bad. But definitely, I think Newcastle is something. I don't I don't know what it is about it, but it just yeah, it suits uh, it suits how I maybe. yeah maybe who knows who knows yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who knows mm-hmm. yeah okay. Now, um, you've been commuting backwards and forwards to your home country mm-hmm. as well. Do you go anywhere else, I mean, apart from going back to Switzerland? Uh, yeah, I do. You know, uh, actually, I was just in Hong Kong last weekend because uh, uh, I am a reserve driver for the Venturi Formula E team. So I 
do a few races with them and um, and also yeah but most of the time you know when I have bigger breaks I try to go home because Australia is a bit far away from from home so when I get the chance to actually go home I, I try to do it and uh, yeah it's always good to see uh, family and friends okay <laughs> now coming back to this track um, big flowing European track um, you made a place in the last race <laughs> but you feel there's more coming well, I don't know. It's difficult. You know, I think as a team, we're really struggling at the moment. So um, I hope, you know, we're all working hard to, to be better. But, uh, yeah, I think we have a, a big, bigger issues, you know, to, to conquer, I think, as a group to, to be where we want to be. So uh, right now, it's uh, I think we're taking a big each race uh, as a test session and trying really big swings at the car to, to just get that direction because at the moment we're a bit uh, not where we want to be and uh, the feeling the car is not really there for all of us so um, yeah just trying to work through it and the engineers are working really hard to, to get that uh, to where we want it Okay, I spoke to Scott Sinclair mm-hmm. technical director on the Sunday night in Adelaide, he talked about because of the aero that you know while some people have discounted I mean it's made a, a very large difference to the car's balance and that's what you're working on to try and get the car back to where it was in terms price of putting the new aero on yeah it's a, definitely it just changed the balance so I, at the moment what's a bit difficult is maybe something that was kind of good is not there at the moment so we just need to find it you know we I think because the aero changed quite a bit we need to rethink our our setup a bit and um, and definitely a track like this you know you would feel it even more and uh, make, maybe make it even more challenging so uh, yeah we're working okay on it and um, hopefully you know the the next two races will tell us a little bit more if we find a little bit of direction okay have you got any other races lined up overseas uh not at the moment uh, right now you know uh, focus is really supercars and um, and yeah we'll see it's, it's a bit difficult because you know the the schedule is really busy uh, and yeah, that's the focus at the it's moment. Such a long way to exactly. go. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the, couple, the next couple of tracks for you are, are sort of novel Australian tracks <laughs> for most people, but uh, even more so for somebody who's used to the European, the Simmons Plains and Barbagallo. Mm-hmm. They're both little tracks, not many corners. You've got to get them uh, on the knocker right because each corner accounts for so much. Yeah, de- definitely Simmons Plains is quite quite tricky actually because you really got to maximise the braking everywhere and. Uh, Definitely tight track, so that's one I struggle a little bit more. Barbara we seem to be doing all right every time, so uh, I look forward to that one. But uh, but yeah, you know, Simmons Place, it's a fun little track. Definitely way different than anything I've seen before, but um, but look forward to it. Okay. Now, um, you, you've got a contract that goes up to the end of this year. <laughs> um, you're obviously thinking of beyond this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, it's only race two at the moment, yeah, so I'm not really thinking that far. Yeah, no. yeah <laughs> but you've you know, done two out of three, so you know, it, it's, it's on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I think for sure. What would you like to do? What would be well, your no, no, You know, for me, I, need, I want to be competitive in supercars, so, you know, yeah. that's... Uh, that's our, my goal. That's why I came here, and uh, I want to be successful here. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where where the journey goes at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had any involvement with Formula W? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your feelings about that? Mm, I don't know. You know, it's um, difficult to say. You know, it's definitely the first time a program like this has been set up. But uh, I don't know. Personally, I think there's enough girls right now that are have shown that are quick enough but are not really getting the opportunity so I, I think 
it might have been better to, well, for me, to have more of a Red Bull type of thing, you know, where uh, or Mercedes, where they actually supporting young, yeah, young, yeah young and, women and just you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, even if I look at my career, I've always. I've shown that I can be quick, but I've never gotten the opportunity from a big team. So I think that's what's missing a little bit is just getting one of the right car in the in the right championship. And uh, you know, I think there's possibilities to do that. And I think it can be a bit of a risk with Formula W because whoever's going to win it uh, and then goes to GP3 or GP2 and doesn't get into a good car, you know, it might make it a bad look. But then. Um, you know, if I would be 15 right now and not have a ride and not sponsorship to go racing and want to be racing, maybe that's something I look at. So it's a, it's a bit difficult and tricky and we'll see where it goes. And uh, But, you know, for me, the biggest thing is to show that, you know, a woman uh, can drive and be successful in racing. And uh, that's always have been my my aim and my goal really the, this whole time. And uh, hopefully it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I was interested in um, Abby Eaton. Mm-hmm. Um, I met at Newcastle first time and... Uh, Spent some time with her a couple of days later, and the thing that uh, was interested to discover that she's absolutely against Formula E, mm-hmm. uh, Formula mm-hmm, W yeah. rather, because she doesn't want to compete just against women. She wants to go as you do, mm-hmm. compete against the people in the category if they're ma- man or woman. Yeah, um, which I, I was interested in that attitude. I mean, but I think it's all our attitude. You know, it's the only sport we can do it, and you know, to be honest, you know, I've raced indie cars and you know, racing supercars or anything, and that I don't see why we can't do it, you know, uh, a lot of people say physically, which I think is, is not really the case, because, you know, I think the IndyCar is the toughest car out there, and, you know, I've had podiums there, so, um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's just really about opportunities, and, um, and but, you know, it's always tricky, you know, maybe on one side, yeah, it's the first time you have... I think for somebody young, maybe it is something, because we all struggle for sponsorship in racing, yep. And whoever wins it is going to have some sponsorship. So, you know, I think every individual is 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 unique in how their journey goes. And, you know, you, I'm lucky to have support and all that, But uh, uh, and that's what it is. I'll disagree with you there. It's not luck that's got you where you are now, okay? It's your good management of your <laughs> career, okay? Yeah, but... It's not, it's not luck that's got you to the point where you've had a three-year contract in a, in a works car for a couple of those years... It's your good management and good skill got you there. Well, okay? it is. It, it, I think. So yeah. don't dis- no, no, don't, it don't discount. No, no, it is, it's but not you, luck. yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally. But you know, at the end of the day, there's in in racing, there's a lot of things that have to be right, and uh, and um, and yeah, you know, it's a tough tough environment in general. After the break, we're going to talk to Ty Anderson about Motec and their new system. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones I'm from the Cool Drive Race team and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're here with Ty Anderson who's with Motec, a senior engineer responsible for many parts of 
the uh, management and control and design of the uh, systems used and many years used in uh, supercars. Ty, of course, has got a long history in this category as well as in Formula One. And Ty, tell us about the system that we're introducing into supercars this year first of all it's not not a new ecu the, the hardware remains the same but the uh what we call the firmware or the software that goes into the ecu that does all the control strategies that's that's been updated for us at motec it, it's it's not what supercars have migrated to is not new it's what motec have used across a, a range of all their other uh gp firmwares etc so it's, it's new to the category then. it's new to the category that's right how does it change the performance of the cars or the control of the uh, electronics? Uh, so fundamentally, it's um, you know it's, it's seven years of development that we've had in terms of the code that runs the systems. So it, it's not a massive step from where they've been. It's just all the, the strategies and how an engine runs and everything operates has just been refined. And how many... Is there three different codes because there's three different engines across the uh, supercars platform? No, no, so supercars have a, a control package that is the same for everyone. So it's got you know, enough settings in there to cater for everybody, uh, depending on whatever engine they have. How intrusive is the ECU in the... Can you give our listeners a, an idea just how much this box runs? So the, the Motec M1's extremely capable computer. It, it can run everything from an engine to gearbox strategies to any device on the car just about so obviously in the supercar environment its main role is to run the engine uh, and and that's as far as it goes and it's collecting data all the time for teams and for and i think it's live sending data back to the technical group at supercars isn't it uh it doesn't directly send telemetry but the uh obviously yes it records all the engine parameters everything on the engine the car various devices send their information to the ecu but that also gets translated to the team's dashes where they can log it in their dash or send it for telemetry. And it, whilst Motec is a motor racing product, it's the same style of thing we see in a road car and this information that you're collecting for the racing teams to be able to analyse from can be pulled out of a road car as well. Yeah, fundamentally, I mean, obviously, these are hardware's divine for, for race cars. It's about maximising performance out of a car. So, yes, it's along the similar lines to what a, a road manufacturing ECU does, but it doesn't have the limitations that road car have. So, you know, our system allows the end user to, to fully exploit their engine in terms of maximising power and performance and maintaining control. How many points are you controlling on a supercar? Um, I, I, it's a little bit of an open-ended question. So, I mean, primary, it's the engine in a supercar environment. It's controlled package, controlled ECU pin-out. Um, and, you know, the ECU will drive everything from the pit spade limiter to the, the rain light function, the stall function, uh, things like auto start capability. Um, they're, they're the features that are built into the software. And it can control things like anti-slip, ABS, and things like that. Were they in the category as well? Yeah, that's right. So... You know, your standard GT car now with launch control, boost control, traction control, all those uh, race functions, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're all built into our software, but in this application they just don't get used because the cars don't have those tools on the car. Now, I first met Ty back in 97. Um, he's been uh, 21 years, was it? That's it. So, yeah, 21 years, and in the middle of that I had a couple of years in, in Europe working in, um, working in Formula 1 before I came back. What was the driver to get over to? How did you make that leap from Australia to Europe? Oh, I guess it's that 
having spent a few years in motorsport and that you know you reach that age where you want to do a bit of traveling and for me myself I've grown up doing motorsport since I was a you know in a pusher so you know the, the, the desire to go and play in F1 was always there and you know through my contacts and personals I was able to get there and, and give it a, grack, a good old crack. And what, what was your role there? Uh, so I was an electronics technician so everything from software sensors wiring uh, for Williams F1. Now the man who started and built Motec, Richard Bendel, he stepped back from the business now hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. So Richard stepped back from Motec as a company uh, a couple of years ago now. And um, so Phil Morris is now a sole owner of Motec Company. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Ty. We'll look forward to uh, catching up later in the year and hear that things are still going on swimming for Motec. Thanks, mate. Cheers. After the break, we're going to talk with Scott Sinclair, who's the technical director at Kelly Racing, after race two in Adelaide, as well as Giovanni Colombo, who's race engineer on Gary Jacobson's car, number three. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Freeway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au Welcome to Inside Supercars, this is Ryan Storey from DJR Team Penske, enjoy the show. We're here with Scott Sinclair of Kelly Racing, Um, a tough weekend, there were a number of issues that came up through that weekend, one of the new ones was this year for your car's new aero package. Is that making a big difference here at this track from last year? Oh, it's made a difference at Phillip Island as well, to be honest. So High speed. It's both tracks. Um, yeah, look, the balance has shifted to the front. We knew it would. We got the numbers from this aero test. We knew what we were in for, but it was just a matter of us figuring it out. So um, we had a good run on Friday in qualifying, and, and um, the car was working well then, but um, didn't, didn't really translate the rest of the weekend. So... Andre had really good pace today. Rick was much happier with his car today, and Simona did a good job all weekend. So, um, look, yeah, it is what it is. We know we know it's changed. We did it for a reason. We 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 think it'll be better once we get it working, but we're just not quite there yet. Okay, um, I mean, it's it's just a tuning thing that you've got to do. Is that all? Oh, look, we've we've run these cars in the in a setup window for six years. The same setup window. We're now having to deviate from that. So, uh, a lot of the stuff we've learned in the past will be will now be um, you know pushed push to the side a little bit so that uh, you know that takes that takes time unfortunately we don't have five test days to do but um, you know we're, we're, we're working through it we think we're making progress so Scott uh, the new ECU how have you found that work with your engine and uh, with a big temperature change on Saturday and Sunday what did you learn from that and how are you getting the data yeah look we uh, you know that's been a big change and I actually think full credit to supercars. I think they've done a fantastic job. There's been a lot of curveballs along the way, but they've managed them well. It, it did not slow us down one, one iota this weekend. So there was a major uh, firmware revision prior to this weekend on the back of what we learned at Phillip Island, and it didn't slow us down at all. So, um, you know, full credit to, to supercars and to Motec for working through all the little um, issues, but that's, it hasn't been a, an issue for us. One of the things that distinguish your team is because you are the most complete race team here. 
Um, that it's in house. It's all done in house, and you, you've kept a very steady um, staff uh, ratio, or not the ratio, but the people there, and that helps, hasn't it, enormously in your consistency? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, we, we've still got a, a, a very young team, but um, you know, we're, 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 we've got a fantastic crew, a fantastic group of um, guys and girls at the racetrack and the workshop, and it is a big show. We do a lot of it, a lot of it ourselves, and. And like you say, more than any other team ourselves. So it's a big show. You know, we, we, we've still got to get the race track performance better. There's no doubt about that. We're not happy with how it is. Um, and, we, and we're expecting more. And everyone's putting in the hard yards to try and get that. Scott Sinclair at Kelly Racing. Thank you so much. We look forward to uh, watching you through the Grand Prix weekend and maybe catching up there. So thank you again, Scott Kelly. Uh, Scott Kelly. You changed your name, haven't you, by default? <laughs> We're here with Giovanni Colombo, race engineer on car number three, Gary Jacobson making his debut in the main series, race two at Adelaide 500. Tell us about how your day's been today. Well, it's been a, it's been a quite challenging weekend for us. Uh, Gary is a very talented driver, and uh, we probably were expecting a little bit more in terms of result. Um, uh, today, unfortunately, was a little bit unlucky, uh, but it's a sort of a character-building experience for us, and we'll come back stronger next time. Okay. How did the car perform through the day? Uh, it was quite difficult this morning, but I think we got back in the window. We got the, the car back in the window for the race, and Garrett performed really well, both race one and race two today. Okay. It was a very busy garage with uh, Rick's problems and sort of scenarios, but uh, you had to sort of just battle on in your little part of it then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's uh, which we always we always operate as a, as a team, and we make decisions as a team. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, bad things happens to your teammates, and you really cannot do anything to help them. Okay. So next stop is uh, the AGP. Um, you've been there a number of times, and your car performs well there. It usually it usually performs really well. It's a track that uh, Gary has hasn't been there in the past, as far as I'm aware. So probably a little bit more homework than uh, than Adelaide for him. Okay. Now you've got a new aero package. Has that been something you've having to learn through the weekend? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Is it like the high speed of a Phillip Island and a Grand Prix? Uh, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Giovanni. We'll look forward to catching up during the AGP. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Good to catch up with you, and uh, we hope you enjoyed these interviews this week. As we prepare for Simmons Plains, it's one of those delightful tracks, a very simple track, almost New Zealand in style, in that it's only got six corners, but by crikey, you get some events mixed up. And, of course, we've got that dreadful calamity that happened, I think it was 2017, where an abandoned race with half the field being crashed out down towards Turn 3. So, uh, final thoughts is that we look forward to having some clean, good racing, good weather, because... uh, Rain is something at Simmons Plains that's not very pleasant. No. Any thoughts from you on... It is the best race. It's the most fun race of the year. And certainly, as far as journalists go, it's not heavily populated with journalists, so you get great access to the teams across the course of the weekend. But one of my great joys, and I know uh, we... that. Lewis Isaac and I used to uh, regularly make the journey up into the hill on Saturday and we would watch 80% of the race. On the hill with the punters, we'd get ourselves a wood fire pizza. Amazing how wood fire pizza ovens always seem to have a gas bottle attached to them, but I digress. <laughs> and I, we would sit up there, we would watch that Saturday race, racing back in time to uh, 
you know, ensure we were back in, in the office for the finish. But it's just a race that you just have a lot of fun at. It's well worth the visit. Launceston only, uh, what is it, 40 minutes up the road. And uh, you can really enjoy your evenings in Launceston. And uh, I have, yeah, I've always loved travelling to uh, Simmons Plains for this weekend. And, you know, it's just a very, very enjoyable layback weekend uh, without some of the stresses that the teams would have been going through, certainly at Clipsal and, and then with all the hoi polloi at the Grand Prix. All right, well, we certainly look forward to... Uh, I'm only going to be watching the highlights. I don't have the uh, uh, the Fox uh, uh, TV, but I'll watch the two one-hour segments on uh, Channel 10 over the weekend. So look forward to hearing your reports on what it's, how it's all going over the weekend. Yes, it should be a, a very interesting one. And it's good night from me. And good night from him. Good night. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.